So now I will give you the instructions for the meditation practice. And as I said last night, I suggest that we do one week of metta meditation and then three weeks of vipassana meditation. As I said, metta meditation, the cultivation of loving kindness or unconditional love, is incredibly beneficial. It has so many benefits on so many levels. First of all, you know, it's strengthening, cultivating this quality of the heart and mind of being friendly, loving, kind, and so on. So it's good for ourselves in our lives. It's good for others, for other people, for other living beings. And it is also incredibly helpful as a basis for our Vipassana meditation practice. So to cultivate this kind, loving attitude of the heart and mind helps so much when we have to deal with difficult emotions in the Vipassana meditation, um, difficult mental states, difficult experiences. So then the heart is able to rest in a more loving and kind space to deal with these difficult experiences rather than falling in the, into the habitual reactions of anger, frustration, getting upset, getting tight, and so on. And another benefit of starting a meditation retreat, Vipassana meditation retreat, is that with the practice of metta meditation, it helps calm the mind. As you probably know from previous retreats, in the first few days, the mind is very restless. It thinks about this and that, and these worries come up, and these memories pop up, and so on. And with the metta meditation being a samatha meditation, helping to, uh, or also developing concentration, so it helps us in calming the mind. It helps us in a, in a good way to do that. And then, you know, when we switch to the Vipassana practice after one week, first of all, the mind is already in a much calmer space. There is more concentration. The mind is more focused. And so then, when we deal with whatever arises in our body and mind, we will already, we will be in a place where we can and observe these experiences um, with much more clarity. Mind is not so confused anymore, not so bemuddled or um, deluded. So metta is the Pali word which is usually translated as loving-kindness, friendliness, benevolence or unconditional love. And the practice of metta meditation is to cultivate this 
quality of kindness and friendliness in our heart and mind. And in order to cultivate and strengthen the heart's quality of kindness, friendliness, benevolence, we take ourselves or other people or other living beings as the object of our metta meditation. And there are various approaches to cultivate the metta, various possibilities of which person, which group of beings we take as the object for our metta meditation. Lastly, we want to arrive at the point or we train our heart and mind that we finally are able to just radiate this quality of loving kindness towards all living beings equally so that there is no more distinctions between any beings so that all the boundaries um, are dissolved so that we do no longer think in terms of this is a person I like but this is a person I do not like this is my beloved person or this is my enemy and so on so eventually all these boundaries uh, will be dissolved and the heart the mind full of metta just radiates this benevolent attitude towards all living beings equally in order to come or to be able to do that there is a systematic way of cultivating loving kindness we start where it's easiest and then gradually uh, develop it with persons or beings for whom it seems more difficult to have this loving and kind attitude. So in this systematic way of cultivating metta um, we go through certain categories, different categories of persons, of beings. And at the very beginning we start with ourselves, cultivating metta for ourselves. First of all we really need to understand that we ourselves really have this heartfelt wish for happiness, for living peacefully and at ease, the wish to be free from suffering, the wish to live at ease and in peace, the wish to be free from danger and harm. So to really acknowledge that deep within our heart and mind we have this wish. And so first of all we cultivate metta for ourselves just in order to understand this deep-seated wish in ourselves. 
and only from there then we go and pick another person. So the next category is the category of the so-called benefactor or a person we respect, a person we admire. This can be a teacher, a mentor or any person who has helped us maybe in a difficult situation in our life has helped us to go through uh, a rough patch in our life. Because usually a person we have lots of respect for, a person we admire, a person we consider to be our benefactor, usually there is already a great degree of kindness. There is already the wish that this person may be happy and well. That's why um, we start with this category of persons after having based it on uh, cultivating metta for ourselves. And then when we are able to genuinely cultivate metta for a benefactor or we can go through a number of benefactors. Then we go to the next category, which is the category of the so-called dear person or a close friend. Usually it's also not too difficult to cultivate metta for a dear, dear person or a close friend because yeah, as this person is close to us, as this person is dear to us, <coughs> there is goodwill towards this person. But it can be a bit more difficult because we might have a certain degree of attachment to the person. Or because we know the person very well, and if the person is sick or has some problems in her life, then worry uh, might come up, uh, concern. But, you know, through the practice, uh, eventually we will be able to also just with a pure uh, heart radiate unconditional love for this person without having any attachments or uh, worries. Then the next category is the category of the so-called neutral person. This is a person to whom we have a more or less neutral relationship. It means we do not know the person or we do not know her very well, but there is also no dislike no feelings of enmity towards this person. This can be a bit more difficult for the meta practice because there is a lack of really knowing this person, kind of a stranger. But through practice, it's also possible to have the same um, genuine feeling of meta towards a neutral person. And then from there, 
we go to the next category, which is the so-called difficult person or enemy. Persons whom we dislike, persons with whom we have difficulties for one reason or another, persons towards whom we have usually feelings of ill will or aversion or hatred, rage. It might seem, how is it possible to uh, radiate kindness towards such an enemy or uh, a disliked person? But having gone through the different categories of persons and by doing so, having strengthened the metta and deepened the metta uh, to quite uh, a great degree, finally when we get there, it's not that difficult anymore. Or with continued practice, it is actually possible to have genuine feelings of metta, even towards a person we originally uh, considered to be an enemy or a person we hate. And then having gone through these uh, different categories of specific persons, then we can open up the scope um, of our metta meditation. Then usually we can take different groups of persons as the object for our metta meditation. Uh, all the members of our family or all the meditators here or the people at work or the people living in the neighborhood. Of course, we also can include animals. They are living beings. So cultivating metta for our pet, our dog, our uh, dog, hamster, or our pet snake. <laughs> and so there are many different ways then of uh, doing met metaphor, different kinds of beings, you know, in the Buddhist uh, cosmology, different levels of existence, human beings, animals, devas, which are celestial beings, hungry ghosts, and so on. So including all these beings in our metta practice. Or metta in the different directions, you know, the, the cardinal directions, east, west, north, south, directions in between, and so on. <coughs> Until finally, we, we have no longer any distinctions, and we just radiate metta for all living beings, wherever they are, whoever they are. So, in the practice of metta meditation, our object for metta meditation is 
a person or a living being or many persons, beings or all living beings. And although we have a person as the object for our metta practice, let's say we take a benefactor, our teacher. And in order to cultivate this benevolent attitude towards the teacher, we choose a phrase which expresses this benevolent attitude of the heart, of the mind. For example, like, may the teacher be well, happy and peaceful. What could be, may my teacher be free from danger and harm. Or, may my teacher live at ease and in peace. So we take a metta wish directed to the person we have chosen as the object for metta meditation. And then the practice of cultivating metta consists of repeating this metta wish again and again and again. So we repeat this wish, may my teacher be well, happy and peaceful, may my teacher be well, happy and peaceful. We repeat it silently in our heart, in our mind, and we must make sure that we really stay with the meaning of these words. When I say, may my teacher be well, I really want my teacher to be well, and this can apply to the physical well-being, good health, free from physical pain. And when I say, may my teacher be well, happy, I really want the teacher to be happy. And when I say, peaceful, I really want the teacher to be peaceful. So, we, may, um, we should try to really stay with the meaning of these words each time we repeat the phrase. Because there is a danger that we start to repeat this wish automatically. You know, just saying, may my teacher be well, happy and peaceful, may my teacher be well, happy and peaceful, may my teacher be well, happy and peaceful. Somehow just, you know, repeating it, but the mind is somehow somewhere else. And in the, you know, at the beginning of the practice, of course your mind will go somewhere else. <laughs> you know, um, you may lose the meta wish and catch yourself thinking about something else, which is very natural. But the moment you notice it, just drop that thought and come back uh, to cultivating the metta, to pick up your metta phrase again, may my teacher be well, happy and peaceful. And maybe after a few times again you notice that the mind has gone out with a sound, thinking about the sound that you have heard. As soon as you notice it, acknowledge it up. 
I've been out with the sound. Okay, let it be, let it go, and come back to the cultivation of metta. In the metta meditation, we have just one object, which is the cultivation of metta. So we do not need to pay attention to anything else. As I said, if you notice your carried away in a thought, notice it, let it go, come back to the metta. If you notice that you're listening to the bird singing, as soon as you are aware of it, let that go, come back to the metta. If you notice sensations in your body, you know, especially the unpleasant sensations, the painful sensations, try not to pay attention to that, let's say, the pain in the shoulder. Just try to ignore it as much as you can. Stay with the metta. If the mind goes to the pain in the knee, when you notice it, let it go, ignore it, come back to the metta. If the pain, the unpleasant sensation becomes so strong that it really pulls your attention there or that it becomes unbearable, then uh, softly, gently change your posture. In the metta meditation, you can change your posture during the sitting because, you know, we want to keep the mind on the metta and not be pulled again and again to this uh, strong, uh, excruciating pain. And so we do that in the sitting meditation. Take the metta wish, repeat it again and again and again and again. And we also do it in the walking meditation. In the same way, just repeating this metta wish time and again and again. But you know, instead of sitting, you are walking back and forth. So pick a, uh, a place around the hall or, you know, there are uh, different places uh, outside where you can do the walking meditation. And, you know, pick a space where you walk back and forth. It's not just wandering around here and there, but you decide, here I will do my walking meditation, and then walk back and forth in a just easeful pace. It doesn't need to be a very slow pace, as is the case in the Vipassana walking meditation, but just a very comfortable, easeful pace of walking to the end of your path. And then it's good you stand still, still, cultivating metta, then you turn around, still cultivating metta, standing still again, still cultivating metta, and then continue to walk to the other end, 
where you stand still again or still cultivating metta, turning around, cultivating metta, standing, cultivating metta, start walking, cultivating metta. So in this way you do the walking meditation uh, and cultivate metta. Again, when the mind is distracted, you know, thoughts, let them go, come back to the metta. Distractions by noises, again, no, don't pay attention to them, come back to the metta. There is also no need to pay attention to the movements of the body while you're walking, while doing metta, no need to pay any attention to that. We just stick with this one object, which is the cultivation of metta. And likewise, we continue to cultivate metta when we are eating, when we are taking a shower, when we are uh, opening doors, putting on our jackets, taking off our shoes, and so on. So all the time outside of formal practice, outside of formal sitting practice, walking practice, we also continue metta. Again, in the same way, just repeating the metta wish. And when you lose it, pick it up again. So in this way, basically we are cultiva cultivating metta during all of our waking hours. From the moment we wake up in the morning until we fall asleep at night. So, for the sitting and walking meditation, we do it in this way. We start with ourselves, as I've said, to really understand and acknowledge this deep-seated wish for happiness and well-being in ourselves. And, you know, sitting is 45 minutes. Um, so about half of the time, 20, 25 minutes, we start developing metaphor ourselves. And then half through the sit, uh, we change to a benefactor. So uh, choose one person for whom you have a lot of respect, person you admire, a person you consider to be your benefactor. And then take this person as the object of your medita metta meditation and cultivate metta for this person, for the rest of the sit. And likewise you can do it in the walking meditation. The first 20-25 minutes cultivate metta for yourself while walking and then switch to the benefactor you have chosen. Now, as I said, we take a phrase, a metta wish, with which we you know, develop this quality of the heart and mind. It's good to have a short sentence 
a concise wish. Something like, as I said, may I be well, happy and peaceful. May I be well, happy and peaceful. Or may I live at ease and in peace. May I live at ease and in peace. Or may I be free from danger and harm. May I be free from danger and harm. So a sentence like this, which is kind of short and to the point, this helps, first of all, mm, to calm the mind, to make it focused, and to deepen the quality of metta. If you have a very long phrase, or if you take three, four, five phrases, then it's more about uh, getting the sequence of the words correct, uh, the sequence of the phrases uh, correct, and so, you know, it's, it's this repetition, I mean, it's not wrong, you know, but if you really want to deepen metta, it's much more helpful to have one phrase which is to the point and concise. So, as I said, in the sitting and in the walking, for ourselves and the benefactor, and then for the metta and all the other activities, eating, taking a shower, uh, going places, getting dressed, undressed, brushing, brushing teeth, and so on. During these activities, we can cultivate metta for all living beings more general, because we are engaging in actions which need some attention so that we put the, the porridge into the bowl and not somewhere <laughs> else, and that we put the spoon into the mouth and not kind of <laughs> into the pocket. <laughs> um, so there, it's helpful to have, you know, a, a more general uh, wishing all living beings to be well, happy and peaceful. But then again, you know, we do it in the same way. May all beings be well, happy and peaceful. May all beings be well, happy and peaceful. Or, may all beings be free from danger and harm. May all beings be free from danger and harm. So, for today, um, do the metta practice in this way, and tomorrow morning at this time, I will give you further uh, instructions for your practice. Any questions? Yes? Can we do metta for a benefactor who has died? Um, basically, yes, it's possible, but, you know, like in a, in a general sense for just cultivating the quality of kindness, 
But if we want to go deeper, mm-hmm. and you know, later on with the metta, we can also reach the jhanas, the absorptions. So in that case, we should not take a benefactor who has died. In terms of the, the schedule, the sitting, the walking, the sitting, are we maintaining that as it is on the um, right? Um, yes, I suggest that for the first few days of the retreat, stick to the schedule. Um, later on in the retreat, we will loosen up the schedule. But for the first few days, I think it's just helpful uh, to get into the rhythm and also, you know, to have kind of everybody doing more or less the same thing helps uh, with the energy. Okay, then now let's go into the silent metta meditation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.